Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. There's another army that shows up. Just when you thought all hope was gone, here's your rescue. Here's your rescue. In my experience with Jesus, that happens a lot. A lot. I'm like, Jesus, the battle started days ago, right? Like, where am I? Like, could you not have shown up like two days ago? He's like, no, what? it wasn't the time. It wasn't the time. He shows up precisely when he means to show up. Okay, and his timing's perfect. We're always in a hurry, aren't we? And it's easy to forget that God's timing isn't our own. In today's message, Pastor James talks about trusting in the timing of the Lord. When you let go of your own plans and you trust in God's, you can experience a newfound sense of peace and purpose. You can find comfort in knowing that He has a plan for you and that His plan is always for your good. Even though it might not seem like it, His timing is always perfect. He'll provide what you need when you need it. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Numbers chapter 10 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. No, is God in charge or is he not? Please tell me you got smart enough people to, that their eyes are on him, listening and watching, okay, he's moving. Let's follow him. Like, that's what you want. That's what Moses had set up. He was watching the same cloud everybody else was watching. Was he, was he in charge? Yeah, he was in charge, okay? But it was God who was leading the whole way. The whole way. And that was in it, you know, and if God only wanted to camp out here, for one day, that's as long as they stayed. If he wanted to linger here in this certain spot for a month, that's where they stayed. And they all had to follow the cloud by day, pillow of fire by night. Okay? So the, the key behind that whole thing is God was and is in charge. He's in charge of his people. A good, some good advice for you and me is keep your eyes on the cloud, so to speak. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on the Lord, okay? Not on yourself, because I put my eyes on myself far too much, and I end up going nowhere. And it's hard to walk around when if you're staring at yourself, right? Like, you're going to crash and bump into stuff, okay? It's also hard to walk around when you're just focused on somebody else. Focus on the Lord. Focus on the Lord. And, and just constantly pray, like, okay, Lord, in my life, like, where are you moving, where are you moving? Because wherever you're going, that's where I want to be. Wherever you're going, that's where I want to be. And if, and if I'm in this season of my life for right now, because this is just where you want me to camp out, then so be it. Help me find contentment there. And sometimes you'll be in seasons of your life where it's like really sweet and you don't want him to move at all. And he's like, pack up. And you're like, no, no, I just got here. Like yesterday, he's like, it's time to move. It's time to go. Go where? Is it going to be better or is it going to be scarier? He's like, well, you'll know when we get there, okay? Just keep your eyes on me and let's just keep moving. Let's just keep moving. Keep your eyes on him. This next chapter, chapter 10, it's going to, it, again, it's this last little preparation before the move begins for the children of Israel. <clears throat> so keep in, your, in the forefront of your brain the 
keeping your eyes on the cloud, okay? Because there's, there's a second part to this whole thing. Verse 1 of chapter 10, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Make two silver trumpets for yourself. You shall make them, out of, make them of hammered work. You shall use them for calling the congregation and for directing the movement of the camps. When they blow both of them, all the congregation shall gather before you at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting. But if they blow only one, then the leaders of the heads of the division of Israel shall gather to you. So God's letting Moses know. He's like, look, and it's not Moses who has to make these things. He's got skilled people within the group who we already know that. Just go back into Exodus and you can see that there were individuals who were skilled at making things out of metal. So they're going to make these two trumpets, and this is going to be a tool that Moses gets to use in directing the people, right? Both trumpets blast, everybody shows up. One trumpet blast, just the leaders, just the leaders. The nice thing about this and how it connects to that previous chapter is, like, we're keeping our eyes on the cloud, but we're also keeping our ears open for the trumpet blast, first Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. Like we're, we're listening for the trumpet blast, even to this day, right? When he's going to blast that trumpet, and we're, we're gone. We're out of here. If you're a Christian, you're raptured. We can debate when that happens, pre, mid, post, who cares? I'm listening for a trumpet. I'm listening for a trumpet, okay? I'm a pre guy, but, you know, that's an open-handed issue. Okay, not a, not a deal breaker, people. If you're, a clo- if you're like, no, it's, it's, it's mid-trib all the way. Fine, whatever. I don't care. I'm, I'm going. That's all I care about, right? Like, I don't know. It doesn't matter to me when it happens. I'm, it's going to be, a, it is a reality, okay? I'm just listening for it. Just listening for it. Still watching him and still listening for that trumpet blast, okay? That's what these guys are doing. Watching the cloud and listening for the trumpet blast. Was that two or was that one? Two, we all got to go. One, off the hook. The leaders will go, right? So, and they're also going to use these trumpets to, uh, you know, to really to communicate to the group at large concerning moving out and military stuff. But we'll see that as we progress through this chapter. Verse five, when you sound the, the advance, the camp, the camps that lie on the east side shall then begin their journey. When you sound the advance the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall begin their journey. They shall call, or they shall sound the call for them to begin their journeys. And when the assembly is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but not sound the advance. Okay, so he's just making some clear distinctions for Moses, right? And you, the last person you want in charge of the trumpets is like a jazz player kind of guy, right? He's just like going off. You're like, no, we don't know what to do now. Everybody's running in circles, okay? Like, no, one blast or two blasts. Let's, let's keep it decently and in order, okay? So it says, the assembly is to be gathered together. You shall blow, but not... Sound the advance. Verse 8. Sons of Aaron, the priests shall blow the trumpets, and these shall be to you as an ordinance forever throughout your generations. Okay? So make the trumpets. Don't lose the trumpets because you're going to need these things. Why? Why, why when they get in the promised land, would they need trumpets? Oh, to signify that the feasts are starting because they keep the trumpets around. So they're going to bless those things when it's time to celebrate. Okay, so God's like, make them and then keep them. Nothing that God creates or, or makes or commissions to, makes, to make goes to waste. Okay, so he's like, I want you to make some of those trumpets and just keep them with you forever. All right, I wonder if, 
I wonder if these trumpets still exist. I wonder if they're around, you know? Where's Indiana Jones when you need them, right? Like, can we, I mean, maybe look for the ark and stuff, but this is kind of cool too, right? So maybe buried beneath Jerusalem, they're doing all this excavating stuff, and it's really sweet what's happening there. Maybe they find two trumpets. I don't know. So uh, that's my ADD brain going in all sorts of different directions other than where I should be. All right. Verse 9. When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound the alarm with the trumpets, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. Now, please note, that is a, that's predictive. Okay? This is God giving them a heads up. Okay? Because notice what he says. When you go to war in your land, in your land, you're not there yet. You, the journey hasn't even begun. But God's giving them a heads up. Oh, the, when you go into your land, your promised land, there's an enemy waiting for you. There's going to be battles. Keep the trumpets with you because you're, you're supposed to sound those things when it's time to fight. When it's time to fight. But he's letting them know when you go in, in your land. Here's the other thing. You will be remembered before the Lord. That's a promise. He gives them a heads up, but he also backs up that heads up with a promise of like, I'm not going to forget you. I'm not going to forget you. Sound the trumpet. Well, yeah, you might have the, the rest of the armies come to your, you know, to your rescue, and that's cool, but you have a God who will not forget you, who has not forgotten you. And he even makes that promise throughout the New Testament. This, this God that we serve, will, he will neither leave us nor forsake us. Jesus to his disciples Go and make disciples, this great commission. And the end of that, he says, for lo, I am with you until the end. Until the end. So you're going to go into this promised land, but you're going to be fighting within that promised land because there's a real enemy that is occupying that space. This kind of goes really well with First Peter, as we've been talking about that, and there's 20 some odd references to suffering, okay, which we're all done with. We can admit that. We're like, please, let's move on from 1 Peter and the 20-something references of suffering. Can we move on to that? Yes, we are in two weeks. But this is just another reminder of when you say yes to Jesus, it does not get any easier. In one way, it does. You're going to heaven. Eternity is secure. You're good, okay? The enemy can't, he, he can't touch you, right? He lost you. So he has no control over you, right? Can he mess with you? Yeah. Is he going to? Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, what do you think is going to happen, right? You're a threat now. You're a threat now. But God remembers you. He remembers you. He hasn't forgotten you. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly what you're going through. Just blast that horn and say, please come to my rescue. We just sang that song. Lord, I need you to come to my rescue. And he will. The frustrating part is, I don't know when. I don't know how. And yeah, that's, I know. I'm, that's, that's what kind of pastor I am, all right? I'm like, I'm, I don't know. But what I do know is, he knows how to show up at the right time. At the right time. You guys ever watch Lord of the Rings? The movie? Really long? There's three of them. And they're incredibly long. 
but they're also incredibly amazing. I prefer the movies over the books. I know that puts me as like a bad guy, but those books are really long and really hard to get through. Even the audible ones, but whatever. 20 something hours to listen through one. Watch the movie. Really good. There's the second one, okay? The towers, two towers, okay? They're, they're going through this crazy battle. Spoiler alert, it's been 20 years. They haven't watched it yet. Okay, that's on you, all right? Anyways, they're having this battle. They're losing the, 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 the elves and the humans against the orcs. There, there's some other things too. I'm not sure, but they're ugly. That's all I know, okay? That's sin. That's sin. They're like demonic, all right? So like the good guys are losing. The bad guys are winning. And just when it seems like all hope is lost, the sun begins to rise. And on the mountains, there's another army that shows up. Just when you thought all hope was gone, here's your rescue. Here's your rescue. In my experience with Jesus, that happens a lot. A lot. I'm like, Jesus, the battle started days ago, right? Like, where, like could you not have shown up like two days ago? He's like, no, what, it wasn't the time. It wasn't the time. He shows up precisely when he means to show up. Okay, and his timing's perfect. But it, it's cool that he's letting these guys know, you got the trumpets, blast them, you're going to be having these wars, I will, not, I will remember you. I'll save you from your enemies. That's a promise from God. I'll save you from your enemies. The key to that, you have to be obedient. You have to be obedient. Okay, obedience is key. Verse 10, also in the day of your gladness, in your appointed feast and at the beginning of, the, of your months, you shall blow the trumpets, there you go, over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, and they shall be a memorial for you before your God. I am the Lord, your God. Keep the trumpets, blast those things, learn how to play them really good, okay? You priest, and use those to signify celebration. Celebration, it's rescue, it's, it's deliverance, it's all those good things. Sound the alarm, right? We, we, we're going to get a trumpet player for the worship team. No, we're not. Uh, no, we're not. You're like, Jordan's like, please, oh yeah, thank you. No, we're not. Amen. amen. Uh, there you go. That's a good, good callback from Sunday. You could say amen in this church. I don't know if you knew that. Anyways, no, just look, and, and this, I, I always liken this, the blast of the trumpet. It's, you know, it's very military in one sense. I always kind of liken it a little bit to worship as well. Okay, now I know the reference isn't directly to worship, but there is somewhat of a correlation between the two. When you find yourself up against it, against all odds and all that good stuff, one thing to do that's really good for you is just start worshiping. So just start. And when I say worship, I, I mean, yeah, I know lifestyles of worship. I get that. I'm talking about singing praises. Just sing praises to him. I had a mentor that he has since gone on to be with the Lord died a couple of years ago, and he used, to, he used to counsel me that and all the time. He's like, James, if you're, if you're going through it, you're, you're just depressed or whatever it is, he's like, just start singing worship songs. Just sing to him. And, it, and, you're, just, and you're, letting, you're letting the enemy know. You're letting everybody else around you know. Like, I will rejoice in him. That's what I'm choosing to do. That's what I'm going to choose to do. And it, you'll... And if you don't know this, you'd be amazed at how that shifts your, your mindset, okay? So when you think of trumpets and all that good stuff, I just always go there. Just start singing a song to him. Just start singing a song to him, okay? Verse 11. <clears throat> Here we go. This is going to be the uh, setting everybody up for the departure. 
Now it came to pass on the 20th day of the second month in the second year that the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle of, of the testimony, right? This is the moment everybody's been waiting for, okay? And the children of Israel set out from the wilderness of Sinai on their journeys. Then the cloud settled down in the wilderness of Paran. So they started out for the first time according to the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses, right? So they, they got their instructions, they got the word, Okay, so now they're going to obey the word. They see the cloud lift. That means, all right, pack everything up. Let's move. And so they, they leave Sinai, which is good. We've camped out in Sinai for long enough. Okay, some good stuff happened in Sinai and some really dumb stuff happened in Sinai. Golden calf, when Moses was on the mount, right? You remember that story? And Aaron's like, it wasn't me. Well, it was, but they made me do it, right? You're like, Aaron, no, that's horrible. We're leaving those stories on to make new stories. We're writing new chapters. Let's hope they're good ones. Spoiler alert, they're not. <laughs> they're not going to be good ones, not at all. But anyways, yeah, this, is, this begins the death march. This begins the death march for a generation. This is where it starts, okay? So... They're, they're getting, they're, they're like, yes, let's go. Verse 14, the standard of the camp of the children of Judah set out first according to their armies. Over their army was Nashon, the son of Amenadab. Over the army of the tribe of children of Issachar, there was Nathaniel, the son of Zuar. Over the armies of the tribe of the children of Zebulon was Eliab, the son of Chelon. Then the tabernacle was taken down. So there's your first three tribes, right? So the tabernacle was taken down and the sons of Gershon and the sons of Merai set out carrying the tabernacle. And the standard of the camp of Reuben set out according to their armies. Over their army was Eleazar, the son of Shadur. Shadur, that looks French to me. Over the army of the tribe of the children of Simeon was, oh, I saw this one earlier, Shelmuel, that's close enough. Um, the son of Zurish Shaddai. Over the tribe, army of the tribe of the children of Gad was Eli, Asaph, the son of Duel. Over the Kohites, the, sorry, then the Kohites set out carrying the holy things. The tabernacle would be prepared for their arrival, right? So you got your heavy lifters first. Those are the guys carrying the heavy things of the tabernacle. They set out. Then the second squad that goes, they're carrying all the sacred things, okay? The Kohites and all that good stuff. Verse 22, the standard of the camp of the children of Israel of Ephraim set out according to their armies. Over their army was Elishama, the son of Amenehud. Over the army of the tribe of the children of Manasseh was Gamaliel, the son of Pedahazer. That's something. And over the army of the tribe of the children of Benjamin was Abdin, the son of Gedoni. Then the standard of the camp of the children of Dan, the rear guard of all the camps, set out according to their armies. Over their army was Ahizer, the son of Amenashadai, over the army of the tribe of children of the children of Asher was Hajiel, the son of Okran, and over the army of the children of Naphtali was Ahira, the son of Enan. Right? So all tribes know which order they're supposed to leave, okay? Judah and those guys taking the lead. And right in the middle is the tabernacle and all, its, all the good stuff, okay? So they're, they're all like forming a nice, orderly, single-file line, contrary to what you and I used to do in elementary school, right? Unless you had the rope. If you had the rope, you're good, right? So maybe the children of Israel and Moses has like the world's longest rope, and everybody's holding on to the rope, keeping it in single-file line. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you've been out of school for way too long, okay? Or you've had, you haven't had kids in a while. They, they in order, they leave, Okay, they're leaving Sinai, and on their first 
on their first, uh, first way to their pit stop, okay? Verse 28. Thus was the order of the march of the children of Israel according to their armies when they began their journey. Verse 29. Now Moses said to Hodab, Hobab, Hodab, Hobab, Hodab was way too Texan. Hobab, that doesn't even sound better. The son of Reuel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law. This is Moses to, it's basically, it's, it's his brother-in-law is who he's talking about here, okay? We're setting out for the place in which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us and we will treat you well for the Lord has promised good things for Israel, okay? So he's talking to his brother-in-law and he's saying, we want you to come with us, Okay? We want you to, to come with us on this journey. And there's a reason why. Okay, but the response he gets is, you know, not exactly what he was looking for. Verse 30, it says, he said to him, I will not go, but I will depart to my own land, to my, to my relatives. So Moses said, please do not leave. Inasmuch as you know how we are to camp in the wilderness, and you can be our eyes, and it shall be, if you go with us, indeed it shall be that whatever good the Lord will do to us, the same we will do to you. So they're asking him to be their guide. They're not trusting in him to get them to the promised land. Okay? So don't mix it up. Don't think that this is Moses having a lapse of faith. He's still, they still are going to follow the cloud and the pillar of fire. However, this dude knows the wilderness. And so they're smart. They say, you know the lay of the land. God's going to lead us. He's going to guide us. But you know how to survive in the wilderness. How about you come with us and show us how to do that? Right? And so that's a smart thing for him to do. And he comes with them. And he is blessed by doing this too. Okay? Verse 33, wrapping this up. So they departed from the mountain of the Lord, mountain of the Lord on a journey of three days. The ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them for the three days journey to search out the resting place for them. And the cloud of the Lord was above them by day when they went out from the camp. So it was whenever the ark set out that Moses said, here's his prayer, right? So as it's, as it's ascending and it's going to lead the way, he says, rise up, O Lord, let your enemies be scattered. Let those who hate you flee before you. Great prayer. Before they took off, that's what they prayed. Then when it rested, he said, return, O Lord, to the many thousands of Israel. And every time they camped, Set up camp, that was his prayer. So he started off with like, Lord, may our enemies flee before you and all that good stuff. And when they set up the camp, he's like, Lord, thank you for getting us here, basically, is what he's saying. And we want you to settle here with us. Like, we don't want to stay here if you're not with us, okay? And that's how Moses began every single departure and how he closed out their arrival. It was with a prayer and with a prayer. But the key to that whole thing is they were prepared, they were ready, they were instructed, and they, they took hold of the word, and they were obedient, at least initially. But you still have Moses, who I'm sure every single stop along the way, and every time they wrote, you know, were setting out, hey, you know what, I'm going to pray. And then when, it was time, when they found their destination, you know what, it's time to pray, right? So Moses, that's what he did, and he was a good leader like that. And he, got, he received from the Lord, and he dis distributed it out to the people, and the road trip has begun. And it should have been a nice, quick journey, but it was not. It was not. Hope to the hopeless, hopeless, red for the broken.
I'm so grateful that I have the ability to tune into life-changing truth from the messages of Pastor James Grizzle right here on Bread for the Broken. It's like water to my soul. I'm in an unusually busy season of my life where if I'm not careful, I'll just shrivel up. At least that's what it feels like. Have you ever been there? Maybe it's God's way of telling me that I need Him. Not activities, Him. Not entertainment, Him. You get the idea. I'm not saying that these things are necessarily bad, but how long will I make God wait? He is patient for sure, but He also has a purpose for my life. If I decide to do things that aren't in line with Him, you can bet that He's going to check me on it. He'll keep me in the desert as long as need be, like He did with the Israelites after they escaped from Egypt. But I can take comfort in the fact that I'm in this space because something needs to happen within me, so I can be more like Him. If this message has resonated with you at all, would you consider donating to this ministry? You can find information on our website, breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, take a look around. Again, that's breadforthebroken.com. We think it's important to magnify the name of Jesus at all ages. So why don't you come out and meet Pastor James Grizzle and everyone else here? Bread for the Broken is a ministry out of Calvary, Galveston, located in Galveston, Texas. It's our prayer that you're finding hope and new life in Jesus through the teaching of Scripture. Make plans to join us again, right here on Bread for the Broken.